Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, a self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to message number three in this series. We are teaching people all over the world and helping them to become disciples. You know, I just love saying that. You know, I believe in positive thinking. I believe in positive teaching. I believe in positive affirmations. But you know, all of that means nothing if my reason for believing in it isn't rooted in who God is and what he's promised me through Jesus. And Jesus himself said, I've come that you might have life. Have it more abundantly. Have it to the fullest. Have the best life possible. And man, you look all the way back through the scriptures and God just constantly saying, look, you can have this if you want it. Just make the choice. You can have this if you want it. Just trust me. I'll get you there. You can have this if you want it. Just follow me. I'll lead you to the path. It is amazing how clear, how straightforward God is about the fact that he wants us to have this incredible life. But we keep finding religious ways to mess that idea up, to twist it around, to make it sound hard, difficult. You know, I was, I was doing a program somewhere in the last few days, and, you know, I, I speak so many times a week, I don't remember, I don't remember where, it, where I said what. But, you know, and I was talking about this fact that I just, I just thought so much about uh, Romans uh, chapter 9, where Paul is saying, now, look, the word of faith is not. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. But it's just something really interesting. Don't ask. Don't, don't say, who's, who's going to go up to heaven and get this and bring this back to us? Don't say, who's going to die and come back and bring it back to us? You know, it's like there's nothing hard about this. There's nothing else that needs to be done. And the real truth is, according to Jesus' teaching, if we do not believe the witness that he gives in our heart, the truth is, it's not going to matter what miraculous thing that we see. That's not, going to change, that's not going to change our beliefs. Because to change our beliefs, to come to the place where we can believe that life can be as good as God promises, really, it's got to happen in our heart. Our heart has got to be fixed. You know, uh, man, I can remember as a, as a new believer, reading through these scriptures, uh, for the first several times that I read through them. And, and of course, you know, one of the things that happened for me very own was coming to this realization that God is, in fact, a heart God, that everything that God's going to do with us, he's, it's going to be done in our heart. And if it doesn't happen between my heart and God's heart, then the truth is it is superficial, it's religious, it isn't even real, it's not going to produce anything at all in my life. God is a heart God. And you know what? I'm a heart person. And so are you. And, and I want you to know this. Everything's happening in your heart right now. I mean, everything's happening in your life right now, good or bad, whether you, whether you say you want it or don't want it, is happening because of what you believe in your heart about God and about you. But so I was always looking for all, every time the, the heart was mentioned. I always wanted to see what is it talking about. And I started coming across this, this phrase uh, about a person's heart being fixed. You know, the children of Israel, I've been quoting this scripture to you all through this series this month. And I talk about this a lot in the book in the series on taking the limits off God. 
You know, he, he, says, he, he says that the limits that they had on God was because, uh, the King James says, because their heart was not fixed. It was not, it was not fixed in the covenant. Uh, the New King James translates that as steadfast. And, and the concept of steadfast and the concept of fixed, they're, they're, all, they're all legitimate concepts. And, and uh, you, you know, the, the, the whole idea of the Hebrew word for fixed, uh, it, it means for something to stand upright, for something to be able to stand, to not, be, not, not have a broken back that, you know, that, that, that breaks down under the burden of situations that we face. And so they attempted to make this journey from Egypt to the promised land which is a type of us going from salvation to kingdom living here on earth, having heaven on earth. And this, you know, if you want to understand kingdom living, if you want to understand what God is, where he's trying to take us in this life, then you've got to understand this journey that the children of Israel made from Egypt to Canaan. And then ultimately what they did in Canaan and the ways they messed it up and the way, and what they did, what they did when they made it work and what they, did when it didn't work, because Canaan land is a promise, and it is a type of the promise of rest that we enter into into Jesus, wherein we have heaven on earth, the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. We have life at its very best. Well, imagine making this journey. Now, now we create what I call circumstance theology, and I talk about this in, in my book, Taking the of God. Circumstance theology is when we see something in the scripture that we know is clearly a promise of God and, and it doesn't come to pass the way it should. And so generally what we do is we create a theology to justify why it's not coming to pass so that we can still feel good about ourselves, so that we don't, you know, we don't condemn ourselves, that sort of thing. But the real truth is the reason it took them 40 years to make an 11-day journey was because of a heart issue. Their heart was not fixed. When you look at that word fixed, when you look at the root word of that, of that word fixed, it's a really interesting word. It is a word that the root word is spelled with the letters cup, which is a picture of a cup and represents the idea that unless we empty our cup, God cannot fill it with anything new. And so, and, and so if I'm going to pursue the promises of God, and if you put this in context of, you know, uh, we're talking about making resolutions, we're talking about just getting your life where you make decisions and can, and can trust God and see them through to the end, uh, then in every journey that I make, I want to make that journey hearing from God. Well, I can't hear from God about how to make that journey if I've already decided everything about it. If I've already created the path I'm going to take in my mind. If I'm not open to God, then God cannot put anything in my cup. So we have to be teachable. And this is really one of the very first indicator of what it takes to have heaven on earth. And, and that is to be, have a repentant, teachable heart. In other words, I, I am always ready to hear what God has to say and turn my heart toward what he says and give up my opinions that are in contradiction to what he says. So, so the whole idea of having a fixed or steadfast heart starts with, is, is my cup, does my cup have any room in it? Does my heart have any room in it for God to say anything different than I've already decided? 
And then the second letter in this comes from the, the Vav, which the Vav, there's all kinds of dimensions to it, but, but the Vav is interesting because the Vav does represent man, but the Vav also represents a tent peg. Now, a tent peg is something that anchors something. So, so you know, if, if, you were, if, if you were in the children of Israel and you're traveling out and you're crossing some part of the desert and where the temperatures drop down at night and when the temperature changes, the wind begins to blow, I, I can tell you this, you want to have your tent securely anchored to the ground, and that tent peg is what anchors that tent to the ground. Now, if our cup gets filled with whatever God is speaking to us and we, we receive and hear what God is speaking to us and we anchor ourselves in those promises of God, then the real truth is when the storms come, when the wind blows, uh, we stand because not only are we on the foundation, but we've driven the anchor, we've driven the peg into this foundation that holds us firm to this foundation. You know, we're talking in one of our broadcasts the other day and our Ultimate Impact Group, which by the way, if you're not a part of our Ultimate Impact Group, you might want to check it out. This is my personal mentoring group. And uh, if you want to find out more about becoming a part of this, you need to go right away to uh, impactministries.com uh, or impactministries.com and be sure and look at the slider for Ultimate Impact because I'm telling you what, uh, our next life transformation program, which is going to be about 12 weeks of mentoring, uh, where we have live sessions and, and, and daily uh, uh, life lessons to, to break it down in, in bits, answer your question, help you make your journey with God, and you get to join with, with uh, about 1,500 people that are making this journey and are being coached and putting their lives together. So in one of our life lessons, you know, we were talking about this, a conversation not very long ago, and this person said, you know, one of the scriptures that scares me more than anything is where Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter seven, uh, 7, I believe it is, where he said, uh, uh, you know, a guy comes and said, look, look, we've done many mighty works in your name. We've cast out demons in your name. And he says, depart from me because I don't, really, I don't know you. We don't, we don't really know each other. And that person was talking about how, how frightening that was. Well, First of all, it shouldn't be frightening if you know, if you are experiencing God in your heart. And, you know, security of salvation happens when you let God fill your cup. You let Jesus' truth, his interpretation of the scripture, his teachings, that is your foundation. And then you drive your tent peg, you anchor yourself to that foundation. In other words, you're not looking anywhere else. You're not looking to any theologian, you're not looking at any preacher, to any teacher, to any church, to any denomination, to any doctrine, you're saying, my connection to God, my connection to life itself is the fact that I am standing on the rock of Jesus' teaching, not just Jesus in general, Jesus' teaching, and I am anchored in this. I've driven my tent peg down in this thing, and I am not going anywhere. Because in context with that, that's in the same place where Jesus talks about one person, he says, now the person who hears my words, my teachings, and builds his life on them is like a person who builds their house on the rock. Well, a house always represents your heart. And in the Hebrew alphabet, the letter uh, bet, which represents a house, is also the same letter that represents the heart. So building your house on the rock is establishing your heart on the teachings of Jesus. Well, the teachings of Jesus tell us how to interpret everything that God ever said. The teachings of Jesus tell us exactly 
what God meant when he said certain things. The teachings of Jesus tell us how to apply God's truth without getting into religious legalism and all that nonsense. And so, and so he says, now, you know, if, if you believe me, if you trust my word, if you trust what I'm saying, if you trust my teachings and you're building your life on them, then obviously we know each other. And by the way, that word know is experientially know each other, like a husband and wife know each other when they make love. In other words, we're intimate with each other. We share with each other. We share our dreams with each other. We love each other. We, you know, all of our hope, we put our hope in each other. But he says, but now that person that hears my teachings and doesn't put them into practice, doesn't build his life on it, that person, their heart is not built on the foundation, is not built on the rock. And if you're not on the rock, you can't drive your tent peg into the rock. You can't be anchored to the rock. And so, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. There's no guessing as to whether or not uh, Jesus knows you. The question is, do you know him? You know, do you talk to him? Do you share your life with him? Do you hear him speak into your heart? Do you build your life on his teachings? You know, are you trying as much as you can to follow him as your shepherd? So then this, the last letter in the Hebrew root word for fix or for steadfast is, is the noon. I, I love the noon. You, you remember Joshua uh, in the Old Testament? Joshua was the son of noon, the son of nun, we, we say it in, in English. One of the things about, uh, about noon, the, the letter noon represents a strength that may not be visible at first glance or, or, or that is not real obvious at first, but it always emerges and brings triumph and, and brings victory. Well, that's kind of the way Joshua was. You know, Joshua was a timid uh, leader who had to step into the footsteps of Moses and, and had to lead these stiff-necked, rebellious people in some of the greatest wars that had ever been fought in the ancient world. And uh, even though he didn't look that powerful at first, because of his reliance on God, he, he blossomed. Well, the noon also represents a person bent over in, in prayer, a person who has humbled themselves to God. So my cup, I've emptied my cup of all of my opinions. I fill it with the promises of God, and my heart is open to get the wisdom of God about how to walk this path. And I've taken, I, and I have driven my stake and I have, I, have, I have taken my tent peg and driven it into the foundation of who Jesus is and that everything that he said about God, everything that he showed me about God. And now I've humbled myself and I am open, I'm teachable, I am pliable and I'm following him. That's how you get your heart fixed. There's no big mystery to it. You know, I've got all kinds of teachings about your, about your heart, about getting healed from a broken heart. And, and I want people to be, get healed from a broken heart, but it, it's an amazing thing that, uh, uh, again, we, we make all this stuff much, much harder than it has to be. So, you know, one of the questions that people would probably evidently ask, well, how, how do I know when my heart's fixed? How do I know when my heart is, is, is actually healed? Well, you know what? I'm going to answer that question for you today, and I'm going to help you make this journey, but I want, but I want to share something with you first from Psalm 112. And, you know, Psalm 112 talks about the benefits of a person whose heart has been fixed. That person who has emptied their heart of all their own personal opinions, received what God has to say, and is building their life on that foundation of how Jesus interpreted and taught the Word of God. 
They've, they've driven their anchor into their tent peg, into this foundation. And now they, they've humbled themselves to follow God and allow his strength to emerge as they're, as they're making this journey. So Psalm 112, oh man, this is so incredible. It says, verse one, praise the Lord. Blesses the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. Now, remember, we've talked about this before. The fear of the Lord, when it talks about in the Old Testament, is not the fear of God hurting you. The fear of the Lord is an awe, it's a respect that leads to such a love that the greatest fear in your life would be hurting, damaging, losing that relationship. Now, I know a lot of people that be hyper spiritual. Well, you can't lose your relationship with God. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you can lose your relationship with anybody. You know, you, you can still be married to somebody and not have a relationship with him. You can still be a Christian and not have a relationship with God. People who have a fear of the Lord in them, man, they hold, they hold not only do they hold God in awe and respect, but they, they hold this relationship with God. You know, if God's your life coach, if God's the one who is teaching you, if God's words are the ones that lead your life and give you wisdom, then you're going to greatly delight in his commandments and you're never going to turn them into legalism and all that kind of stuff. Now, listen to this, though. Let's just go on. Let's talk about this person who really has the fear of the Lord, who really delights in God's word. See, this is describing the person who's getting their heart fixed. It says, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Imagine Imagine how many people teach you that God wants you broke. Oh, no, God doesn't want you broke. God wants you to have wealth and riches. He just wants you to be the kind of person that will use them for a godly purpose. It says, and his righteousness endures forever. Mm -hmm. And unto the upright there arises light and darkness. You know, that person that's upright, that person that is clinging to God, that person that's building their life on God's word, that person that loves God's word. It's not that they never walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's just that when they walk through the valley of shadow of death, they fear no evil. It's not that darkness does not try to come upon them. It's the fact that when they are in darkness, that light always arises and they always see the path to take to absolute victory. It says, uh, this person is gracious. He's full of compassion, walks in righteousness. He's a good man. He, he graciously lends. He guides his affairs with discretion. Surely, listen to this. I like this. Surely, he will never be shaken. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have lived an adventurous life. And uh, many people say, you know, Jim, it, it's like you have lived several lifetimes. Well, I, I probably have compared to a lot of people. I've lived uh, some incredible adventures in my life. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of the things that I've gone through, some of the great testimonies that I have of of things that God delivered me from, of getting, whether it's getting healed or getting delivered from a situation or getting delivered from people trying to kill me or, or you know, just all kinds of those life-threatening situations. When you face those situations, let me tell you something. You might have some fear, and that's all right, but you don't want to be shaken. In other words, even when you recognize, I've got some, I've got, I'm facing a danger that, you know, this could cost me my life, you're not shaking. You're, you're not going to back down. You're not going to run. You're not going to start wavering because of a threatening situation. Listen to this. It says, the righteous will be an everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. Wouldn't you just love it? Where See, some people just, 
are waiting for the shoe to drop. In other words, things are going good, but I have this imaginary expectation that things are going to go wrong. And they're sitting there trembling in fear, even though there is no true threat, and even though no bad news have come. He's saying that this person, even when evil tidings comes, his heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Listen to this. His heart's established. He's not going to be afraid until he sees his desires upon his enemies. You say, well, who's his enemies? Well, I'll tell you one thing. His enemies are any, any circumstance, any situation uh, that opposes the promises of God or any person that tries to steal or dissuade him from the promises of God. You know, we got a testimony another day through Ultimate Impact. It's such a great testimony. I don't remember the lady's name that shared it, but she said she was in a meeting and somebody was reading Psalms 21 about the Lord preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And she said, well, God, and she just closed her eyes and said, God, who, who is my enemy? And she said, she said, when as she was praying, she saw herself sitting at a table. And when she opened her eyes, all of the people that were sitting at the table were her. And God says, this is your only enemy, <laughs> you. You know what? That's absolutely the truth. The person's got their heart fixed and knows there's nobody out there that can really take anything away from me, steal life from me, mess me up. The only person that can take anything away from me is me. The devil can't even do it. But you notice this, this person who has all of these tremendous characteristics, man, this person that doesn't get shaken, this person who even when the report of bad news comes, they're not moved. Why? Because their heart is steadfast. Well, in Hebrew, that's the word fixed. That's that word I just told you about. That is the person who has emptied their cup and filled it with the word of God. You notice this thing started out by the fact that he, he, loved, he delighted in the commandments. He didn't see them as legalism. He didn't see the commandments as something he had to do to get God to love him. He saw the commandments as God's wisdom about how to relate to himself, how to relate to God, and how to relate to others. And he saw it as a way, he sees it as the way to walk in love. He sees it as the way to maintain the kind of character that he wants. And it's that God character that you maintain, really, that gives you favor with people, makes people trust you. And, and you know, when you're looking at reconciliations and starting a new life and restorations and, and, uh, um, and making new decisions, all that kind of stuff, it's going to be about your character. It's going to make people want to trust you, go in business with you, give you your second, third, fourth chance. And if you don't, if you're not building your life on God's word, you, you don't have character. Because, you know, if you're violating the commandments, the problem isn't that God takes something away from you. The problem is people take something away from you. God says, don't lie. When people catch you lying, what do they do? They stop trusting you. When they stop trusting you, are they going to go in business with you? No. Are they going to loan money to you? No. Are they going to take a chance on you? No. Are they even going to want to hire you? No. You go down the commandments and you start realizing these are character traits that I express to walk in love toward other people, to help other people, to give other people a great life. But not only that, because I walk in these character traits, I have divine favor. Divine favor is not where you act like a jerk and you use enough faith to get people to like you. You know, or God's going to make them like you. No. Uh, divine favor is always connected to our character. So this person empties their heart from their own opinions and allows God to fill their heart 
And man, they delight in the Word. And the, and the most valuable thing in their life is their relationship with the Lord. That's the thing they're guarding more than anything else. They are building their life on this foundation of Jesus' teaching, interpretation, and application of the Word of God. They're driving their tent peg into the crevices of the rock to hold their heart firm when the wind blows and the storm comes and the rain comes. And they're always remaining humble and open and always seeking God to direction. So what, how do you know when your heart is fixed? Is it when all of your emotions are, 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 are normal? Well, you know, that, that's, that's going to be a part of it. People who get their heart fixed, these are people who have, who have peace in their heart. Uh, people who get their heart fixed are people who uh, are able to have meaningful relationships. There's all kinds of great uh, fruit and benefits as described in Psalm 112. Which, by the way, I'd really encourage you, read Psalm 112 through in two or three different translations and just, just ask yourself, is this a description of my character? Is this a description of the way I relate to people? Is this a description of how I relate to God? Is this how I respond when bad news comes or when trouble or life-threatening situations come? Uh, you know, I got a call the other day from one of my dear friends in Canada, and she was telling me, she said, my sister's having a baby, and man, you got, she's got this brutal labor, and I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of having some uh, fear. I don't remember exactly how she said it, and I don't want to say it wrong. But, uh, you know, she said, will you pray for me? Like, you know, I, I didn't say this, but like, no, I'm, me praying for you, me praying for you is really not going to do anything. I said, you get the outcome in your heart that you are trusting God for, and you hold on to that no matter what you see, no matter, no matter what you hear. You see, the way you really know that your heart is fixed is when your heart does not waver regardless of the bad report that comes, regardless of what you see before you, regardless of the struggle that you're going through, regardless of the threats that are, that are made against you, your heart does not waver. It is fixed. It is steadfast on the promises of God. It does not waver at the promise. I want to tell you some of the greatest news that you have ever heard. I want to put it within your reach to be able to move and flow with the Holy Spirit in ways that possibly you never have. You know something, I have been so privileged, so blessed to travel all over the world and minister to people in every kind of setting you can imagine. And the honest truth is I have seen almost every miracle and healing that's listed in the gospels. I am telling you, I have seen God move in such incredible ways. Well, I want to tell you something. It's not because I'm special. And it's, he's not going to move in your life because you're special. He's going to move in all of our lives because he is special. I tell you, when I was young, I had preachers trying to tell me about how I needed to get the anointing, how I needed to make certain things happen, how I needed to do this and do that, how I needed to, you know, whatever. But I can tell you this, I discovered one simple thing. God is everything that he is inside you, inside me, and God wants to manifest himself through us so that the world can see him. That's what glorifying God is all about, is us allowing God to flow through us so that people look at what happens and gives God all the credit. There was one huge secret that turned everything around in my life, and it came from the book of Psalms, and Psalm 78, where it says that the children of Israel limited the Holy One of Israel. I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it. 
I came to this realization that the only thing that was limiting God was me. And it really wasn't that I needed to get more anointing or more of anything. I just needed to learn how to take the limits off God. You know something, check out the link below. I got some special offers on the audio series and my book, Taking Limits Off God. Download it, jump into it today and have a limitless ministry life with God. If these messages are helping you, share these with your friends. And if you're watching on YouTube or if you're wherever you're watching this, go on and like it and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel or, or be sure and go to drjimrichards.com. Get on my mailing list so that every week I can make sure you're getting these messages and have an opportunity to listen to them. So look, I'll be talking to you again next week and we're going to go a little bit farther in this incredible truth. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.